We're continuing in our series called uh, Vision, and the idea is that we go over the, what is Living Spring all about? And if you're new, this is a great week for you to be here because you can get kind of some insight into who we are and what, what, what we're doing. And uh, so uh, I, I didn't, last week we talked about reach, and um, uh, this week we're talking about restore. If you look on the back of your bulletin, you'll see a thing that says reach, restore, and respond. And those are the kind of the three pillars of who we are as a church. Last week we talked about reach. And so what I want to do this week, I didn't put my five circles up last week, and so I was troubled all week about it. So I'm going to put them up now. Uh, the, each band represents a type of person, okay, from our ministry context. So if I meet you, I'm going to label you. I know I shouldn't admit that, but I can't help it because it's just who I am. I want to know where you are in context with your relationship with God, and then how can I get you to the next level? So we've kind of categorized everybody in a band. In a band. Okay. So the first one is community. And the community represents everybody Living Spring has contact with. It's the different, sit, just kind of all the people in our community. If you went on Google Maps and you put a little pin down and then you drew a circle all around, you know, that's our community. The next is a cr- is the crowd, and the crowd are the people that we just come into contact with. If 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 I meet the mayor, he's part of our crowd, whether he knows it or not. I mean, it's just it's just people who walk through our parking lot to get to CVS, and I get to know their name and kind of just it's just the people who know about Living Spring, who maybe the people we feed on Wednesday nights, uh, uh, visitors. You're you're part of the crowd. And then the next is the congregation. And those are the people who call Living Spring their church home. Maybe they come once a year, twice a year, uh, whatever. This is, they would say if they had a church, it would be Living Spring. That's the congregation. Uh, the last, the uh, second to last one is the committed. And the committed are those who come here pretty much every week. I mean, they're involved. They're worshiping. They're uh, uh, maybe uh, giving financially. When they give to God, they give here. That's the committed. And then there's the core. And the core are those people who are leading small groups. They're part of the leadership team. Uh, they're, they're, they're really, really vested. Maybe you've been here for 20 years. Everybody knows you, and you're not in a ministry right now. That You're part of the core. I mean, you're just part of what makes Living Spring, Living Spring. Uh, so what we try to do is we're always trying to push you to the next level. And, and so we, at Living Spring, we have this vision of taking a first-time visitor from the community to a fully devoted follower of Christ to the core. That's, that's, our, that's our vision to taking first-time visitors to fully devoted followers of Christ. And the way we do that, our mission, is on the back of your thing. We reach, and so it covers these bands. So we reach the community and the crowd with the love of the Father. We're trying to tell them, God, God has got, uh, wants to have relationship with you, but your sin is blocking that relationship. And so Jesus came to, 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 to break down that barrier and die for your sins. That's the reaching part. And we do that, we go out. We don't sit here and wait for people to come. We go out. And so we reach. But once that's happened, once you've come to Christ, and you're like, well, that's kind of cool, then then you're part of the second band that we want, we're in the restoration process. I might come to Jesus and go, man, I need to turn my life around, but then there's this process of kind of getting rid of baggage and dealing with, with, with uh, old past hurts or dealing with addiction in the context of the scripture. That's that restoration process. And 
So we do that with the, the crowd and the congregation, the community. I mean, we kind of spread that out. And then, then we respond to a move of the Holy Spirit. Once God's begun to do this work in your life, and the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and says, now I want you to go and start having an impact on those around you. And that's the respond. And we'll be talking about uh, respond next, next week. But this week we're talking about restore. And in the Bible, that word restore is, um, we're going to skip that whole Matthew. Yeah, thanks, sorry. I totally messed them up first service. I was all over the place. It was awesome. Should have been here. Oh, you are here. Okay. So uh, uh, this, this Greek word for restore is really rich in the New Testament. And it, 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 it literally means to set a broken bone. When I was in junior high, I um, went to a skateboard park. And, um, and, and just a word of advice, learn how to skateboard before you go to a skateboard park. It's uh, an element I, I failed to know. So um, there was this one thing where it, it kind of sloped down um, and, and, and you'd get faster and then you'd drop into this like bowl, like a giant toilet bowl. And I was good at the top. My intentions. And then as I started gaining speed, and I realized there was a lip to go down, I I started getting a little nervous. And when I went down, it was actually pretty good. And then I came zipping up, and, and then I went up the side, and I was like, I never feel more alive. Okay? Okay. And I broke my leg. And I, I broke it in the growth plate uh, um, in this leg. And, and so they had to set the entire leg because it was in the growth plate. I couldn't do anything. I mean, that's what they told me. I, I don't know. If, if you're a doctor and I find out he was playing with me. So um, I had to go six weeks without moving that leg. And then it got to a walking cast. And then finally I could walk again on that. And you know, your muscles need to get stronger after that. They get atrophied and and all this kind of stuff. And then three weeks after I was on both legs, I was playing football and broke this leg (laughs) in the growth plate. And they had to set this entire leg. And then I got the walking cast and the whole thing. So, so when I see this idea of restore to me, I just picture that I picture my my the break and then my leg being set and then going through this horrible process. I was in junior high. I mean, it, essentially, I was over six uh, uh, um, yeah six months of my life. Is that right? Twelve weeks? Yeah, four divided by three. Carry three. Yeah, yeah, over six months of my junior high, I was in a cast of some sort. Um, and so when I think of restored, I think of that bone, I can kind of picture the process of, oh no, it's broken and then it needs to be set and then they need to cut that off and you can begin to, that's this process of restoration. And so I have a dictionary thing up here that kind of gives a good idea. Fixing what is broken, bringing back into proper alignment, supplying what is lacking. If you were to sum it all up, it would be this. To bring back to the intended purpose. That's restore. And, and it's, it's weird. All of us, God has put in all of us this sense of when something's not right, we have this, this God-given 
like we're drawn to see it restored. We love stories of restoration. We, we can sense when something's in somebody's life, it's like, man, it could be so much different for you. And, and I don't know if, if who's like this, but have you had times in your life where you've just been stuck? You know, maybe you've been like going through life, everything's great, and, and then kind of in your spiritual life, it's just dry. You open the Bible, there's, I don't know, it used to be more exciting than it is. Or maybe you've had times in your life that had rapid growth. It was so exciting. You thought, it'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. And then you just kind of plateaued. Or, or maybe you've been visiting here and, and you, you listen to what I have to say, uh, what the Bible has to say, and it, it excites you a little bit, but then you get back into the week and it's kind of like, man, I don't know, and you're just kind of stuck. Why, why is that? Why, why does that happen? I, I'm hoping that at the end of this morning, we'll be able to answer that question. We'll be able to get some insights into what makes us get stuck? What stops the restoration process? How does somebody end up, maybe you've been really involved and now you're just like, I don't know. Why does that happen? How does that happen? Hopefully we can, we can go over that this, uh, this morning and we'll get an answer. But we love to see people restored. I don't know if you've seen this, this guy. Uh, his name's Ted Williams. He's been all over the news and um, his, his sign says, I, I have a God-given voice a gift of voice. I'm an ex-radio announcer who has fallen on hard times. Please, any help will be gratefully appreciated. Thank you, and God bless you. And, and you, look at, you look at him, and you know, man, he's got a God-given gift of voice. Matter of fact, I, I, I downloaded a video. Uh, this was the video that kind of got everything started with this guy, and I, I wanted to check, check this out. There are often homeless people asking for change and freeway exit ramps. But recently, there's been this guy with an interesting sign at I-71 and Hudson Street. His handwritten sign says he has the God-given gift of a great voice. Hey, I'm going to make you work for your dollar. Say something with that great radio voice. When you're listening to nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. And we'll be back with more right after these words. And don't forget, tomorrow morning is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see this man live in concert. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, when I was 14 years old, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. When I was 14, I kind of listened to one of our area radio announcers. And uh, I went as a field trip to go meet the guy, and he looked nothing like what he sounded like. So I asked him about that, and he said to me, listen, radio is defined theater of mind. And so when he said theater of mind, I just said, well, hey, I can't be an actor. I can't be an on-air personality. But the voice just became something of, uh, of a development over years, and I went to school for it. And then alcohol and drugs and a few other things became a part of my life. And I got two years clean, and I'm trying hard to get it back. And hopefully somebody from one of these television or radio say, hey, I need a voiceover, or I, I need something. So, you know, I'm hoping one day... Watch Family Guy, weeknights at 7.30 on Fox 28. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Aren't you rooting for him? I, I mean, it's just, it's just in us. We, we love to see things restored. 
This guy ended up, uh, I'm sure most of you know the story, but the Cleveland Cavaliers picked him up and they're letting him do some voiceover for that. And ESPN's looking at him for doing some voiceover and it's kind of taken off. And, and, and you know, you, you like to dream for him. I don't, I don't know if you do that, but I, I like to think, oh man, you know, when he buys his house or whatever, and I get worried for him. Like, man, what if he gets all this money and how, who's going to stop him from going back? To, because we don't want to see it go backwards. We've all been created with this idea that, that it, it's exciting to see something go from broken to restored. And an- another example of this is in, is in cars. And that's why we had that 66 Mustang out there. That car has been completely restored by our youth uh, director who we, we pay $250,000 a year, and that's what he does. No, um, <laughs> No, this, this started long before he was our, our, our youth director, and meticulously he's restored that car um, and, and, and done it on an unbelievable budget. I, he didn't give me, allow me to say how much he put into it, but you'd go, really, that car? It's worth much, much, much more because an artist restored that car. Let me give you an example. Uh, I showed this a, about in March, but that the, that's a car that needs to be restored, and then this is Kai's car there and and there's just something i mean when you see the one before it and then you see the one after it there's just something in us that goes oh wow and we give glory to the one who restored the car we go how did you do it what what was what was behind all that and 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 when you look at these parts they all have a story (laughs) sorry I'm just playing with it. The, each part has a story. E- each part has something, a reason why it's there. If you were to, if you had four hours and you could sit with Kai, he could tell you everything about that car and why it was done and what's going to be done and, and, and all this and searching for different things and researching different things. We, we love this kind of restoration. We, we love the idea of Wow, what, what would it be like to go from that car to that car? Lisa and I have two cars. One's a uh, Nissan Altima that has uh, 171,000 miles on it. And it has two motor mounts that need to be replaced and a catalytic converter that needs to be replaced. So it won't pass smog in November. So it is dead man walking. I mean, every day I drive that car... I'm as happy to have it, but I know in November I'm going to need a new car. And Lisa's got uh, a, uh, a minivan that has 150,000 miles on it, and it's, um, I'm trying to think of the phrase. It's a, it's a piece of art. And, um, <laughs> and so, uh, so we've been talking about what, what is our next car going to be. And for two years I've been talking to Kai about, get, he said, get a Mustang. And that just seems midlife crisis to me, you know. It just has that, you know, creepy guy, balding, you know, <laughs> driving in the Ford Mustang, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, it's just, yeah, right? I mean, you know. And so, like, I, I, I couldn't drive in Kai's car. It just says, oh, buddy, the marriage didn't work, did it? You know, it's just, it's, it's just sad. And so I, I didn't want to get, I didn't want to do that. But the more he talked to me about parts are cheap and it'll go forever and you buy it and it does not depreciate and you start going, wow, you know, and, and you start getting 
what would I give up and all this? And so we've begun this process of looking for a Mustang. Now, I don't, I don't want that Mustang because that one would cost me too much. But then I know if I go back to the other one, if I get that one, it's going to look like that forever. <laughs> it's going to sit in my driveway forever because I won't, it'll just freak me out. So I need one running and all this kind of stuff. But, but I know that when I get it, I'm going to be very happy and I'll be driving it around and all that kind of stuff. But when I see Kai's Mustang, there's going to be something in me that kind of goes, hey, so how did you, how do you make it rumble like that? Here's my problem. I, I I went for a drive with Kai. We just went to Chipotle, but I had my iPhone, so I videotaped it. Check this out. It is really, really cool. Now, we were, we were going at the posted speed limit the entire time. It's just, the, there's something wrong with those other cars. I can't remember, but. Like, after you've experienced that, well, after he wiped down the seats uh, m- when I got out. Like, you, you, you're just like, I mean, I, I, I'm going to be happy with my Mustang. I just want, I don't want to ever have to buy a car again. So I just, I'll be... But I know every time I get in that thing, I'm going to be going, I, you know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool if I just, hey, honey, you know, I'm just going to do one thing. I just need a, I don't know anything about cars, so, but I know with Mustangs, parts are cheap and everything. It's easy to fix, so I'm excited. Now, imagine, if you will, I get my car, and every week I go to Kai's. And I just say, hey, what, you know, how did you do the thing with the, you know, how did you get that going? And, and he tells me, and, and, he, and, and I go, oh, okay, cool, thanks. And I go back home, and I open the hood, and I'm looking in there, and I, I'm like, ooh, you know, and I, 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 what did he say? I'm just really excited. But it gets, you know, I don't know, I don't have time, I, no, no money, I put the hood down, I start driving around, and next week I go to Kai's, and I get all excited. Because the possibility for my Mustang is like that Mustang. And so I ask him some other questions. And what if I just did this or did that? And he goes, oh, yeah, you can do that. No problem. Here's all the stuff you need. You know, just go. And I get back. I open the hood. Ah. And then one day I go to Kai's. And he goes, hey, would you like me to restore yours for you? I have all the parts. I got everything. Would you, would you like me to do that? And I go, well, yeah. How long is it going to take? I don't know. Two, three years maybe? <laughs> Two or three years. Would I be able to drive it? Sometimes, you know, we, we'll, we'll get it going, but then soon there will be a time when i got to kind of take everything apart and it might sit for a while and you might have to figure out. I think, well, well okay, okay, let's do it. It's not going to cost me anything. Maybe I'm out of a car for a little while and inconvenient. And so I say, Let, let's do it. Put my car in reverse. I'm backing out of his driveway. And he waves me down and says, oh, oh, 
I forgot to tell you, um, you need to sign title over to me. And I go, you mean for my car? Oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to own it. I go, oh. So when it's done, let me get this straight. Let me just understand. You're going to restore my car for free. It's going to get all perfect, and then you're going to own it. And he says, no, I'm going to own it first, and then I'm going to restore it, and then I'm still going to own it. Oh. Well, what if you just sell it? I might. You can't do that. Okay. The deal's off. So I make some gestures. All, you know. No, no. I back out of the driveway. I go home, and I'm stewing about this. This is not right. How dare he? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find another youth director anyway. I don't, know. I don't even know about all this kind of stuff. I pull my car out of the driveway, and I go to the store. I step on the gas. I can't fix it. I can't restore it. I can't do anything. I know what it could be. I don't want to give him title over the thing. So I, weeks go on, weeks go on, and then finally I say, okay, let's do it. See, to me, that is restoration. That is what is happening in the church of Jesus Christ all over. We, 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 we come to Christ, we get our Mustang, and maybe things go great for a little bit. I mean, Kai, now that we've been going over this process forever, I know that when I get the Mustang, the first thing I need to do is replace the radiator, all the hoses and belts, and uh, spark plugs and, and spark plug wires. So that it's just, there's no, you're not going to break down because it overheats or anything like that. You're not going to have spark plug issues or whatever those issues are called. I have no idea. But you, th- those are the things. And, and, and that's some of us. We, we come to Christ and we, we get ourselves running and everything's kind of good. And, and we're just, now we're driving to the store and we're in our Mustang and life just goes on. And there's something in us, something deep within us that says, I just want to step on the gas and just burn rubber and wake up the neighbors right now. (laughs) But I can't. It doesn't go like that. Or maybe some of us have have redone the interior and everything's great or or, or we've done the engine and it's fine, but we, you know, it's it's not restored. It's 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 not that red car. And, and so we, we're, just, we're just stuck. And see, I, I think it's because we haven't really signed over title. Because we're afraid that if we do, he's going to cut our roof off. Yeah, that, that car out there, it's not a convertible. Kai cut the roof off because he knew what it was going to be used for. And it was lighter without a roof. And the sun can shine on his head as he drives through the thing. And he's got a roll bar in there. I mean, don't you want that car? I mean, let's be real. That's all I really was, had to say. I want that car. No, right? He, cu- he cut the roof off of the car. And some of us are afraid, man, if I, if I fully give my life to Christ. I mean, yeah, we're saved. But if I fully give him everything, I might lose my friends. I might... It might go tough for me. I might have to quit my job. I might have to move somewhere. I might, I might have to, what if he sends me to Africa? Ooh, I, I just don't want to give him everything. I, I, 
Peter talks about this. And let me tell you, Peter is like a guy who understands the restoration process. I mean, the guy starts off as a fisherman, and I mean, you know, he smells, and he's around all these guys and all this kind of stuff, and he, he cuts off somebody's ear. Hello? Okay. Jesus had to put the ear back on. He denied Jesus. And then Jesus comes to Peter at, at the end after he's risen from the dead and he says to Peter, do you love me, Peter? Are, are you, I mean, are you ready to go? And Peter says, yeah. He says, feed my sheep. He says, Peter, do you, lo- I mean, do, I'm serious. Are you, sign, sign the title. And you, I'm, I will, it's gonna be Unbelievable. And Peter says, yeah, he says, I I do love you and feed my lambs. And he says it a third time. And Peter's just like, Jesus, come on. Jesus is like, awesome, let's go. So Peter wrote this book after that all happened. (laughs) Okay, it's uh, 2 Peter 1.3. This is so exciting. (laughs) Sorry, I can't hold on. Check this out. His divine power. This is, this is the great restorer, okay? This is, this is, we're talking about God. We're talking about the one who, who, who's, who's got all the tools. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. The tires, rims, big engine, shiny paint job. He's given us everything through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Huh. God has given you everything. You're like, well, how come my life isn't running? I mean, if I got everything, because, well, check this out. It's so cool. So his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now watch. Through these, verse four, he has given us very great and precious promises. Now check this out. So that through them you may participate so that you may participate in the divine nature. You know what that nature is? That nature is full bore, foot on the floor, screaming down the road, fully restored. That's the life in Christ that God wants us to have. That's why restore is our middle thing. It's not just to get reach and get saved and then just live a life driving to the store on six cylinders and one's misfiring. God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. That through these, which is his glory and goodness from the verse before, through these, he has given us his great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. God is saying, we we don't want, you know, if if I shortcut the process and I don't get the Mustang and I buy a new car, I do, it's a quick fix and it's awesome. It looks shiny and everyone, oh man, but it does the exact opposite. If you don't believe me, take the finance class with Gary. You'll go through it. You'll never lease a car in your life, you you know, and you'll only pay cash. It's just incredible. But what happens is you buy the car and most of us won't own it anyway, right? We're going to be making payments on it. And very quickly, that, that value of the car goes down, 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 down until the point where you're driving the bad car, and you're still making payments on it. God wants us to participate in this divine nature and escape that corruption. 
He doesn't want us going backwards. Those rust areas on our life, he wants removed and restored. He doesn't want it going backwards. And so he's given us these great and precious promises. We might participate in this divine nature. Now, here's where it comes down to brass tacks for us in the restore process. Because we have a God who can completely restore us. We've got a God who can do anything. We've got a God who's got, who knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows every little thing. And we have a God who knows exactly what we're designed for, for speed, for handling, for off-road. We're all designed differently. And God knows. We've got a God who's got everything, knows everything, can do anything. What's holding us back? We're not signing title over. Listen to what it says. For this reason, okay, let's stop right there. Don't, Don't even read on. Go back. Yeah, good. Go, go back to the next one. Yep. For this very reason. Okay, now go back. What very reason? For the very reason that God wants us participating in the divine nature and escaping the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. That's the chance we get to have. We get to participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption. For this very reason. Okay, go ahead. Make every effort to do what? Making every effort is signing it all over. And what, what, God de- what Peter describes right here is a restoration process. I actually preached out of this section of scripture back in March. And, 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 and my whole point out of this scripture then was restoration is a next step process. I don't know if you remember, but we're not a showroom or a garage. Uh, it's very fantastic. Uh, but for this very reason, make every effort, now watch, to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and the brotherly kindness love. Now why didn't Peter just say, for this very reason, make every effort to love? That's the end result. Make every effort to have a restored car. Make every effort. Yeah, great. No, there's this restoration process, and it's so rich. Make every effort to add to your faith. That's how we come to Christ, is through faith. It says, by grace you've been saved through faith. That's not of ourselves, right? That nobody can boast. If I show up as a car, th- that car showed up here. That car doesn't get any of the glory, it didn't do anything. Kai did everything. Kai should get the glory, although he hates it. But he should be the one getting the glory. He's, that car did nothing to be saved. By faith, we add goodness. All of a sudden, we come to Christ and we realize, man, there's something different. I, 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 I've got to be good. <laughs> right? And so we do, we, we get good. You know, we stop doing the bad stuff and all of a sudden, but then we get some knowledge and we realize, oh, there's a whole lot more good I can do, right? Or have you been in that process where you think, you know, everything's going pretty well. And then you read through the scriptures and you're like, am I even saved? I don't even know, right? That's a very healthy place to be, okay? And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. Well, now you know what the right thing to do is. Do you have self-control? And watch what happens. Yes, I had self-control for a day. Congratulations. You need to add some perseverance to that and make it two, three, four, five, a week, a month. See what's happening to your life? See what's happening to my life? We get this perseverance. And then godliness and the godliness, brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness love. You see how godliness and brotherly kindness are right next to each other? 
loving God, loving people. See, we're like Christ. See, here's the thing. Take a look at this list, and when we go into a slower time of worship, we're gonna keep that list up for a little bit. Because my, my hunch is that, uh, my hunch is that this is one of the places you're stuck. This is one of the places you haven't given over title yet. Now watch this next verse. This next verse is going to blow your mind. See, you are so good. The thing, the thing is this. It, it's not enough... It's not enough. God doesn't want you just to ha- be a car that runs. God sees what is unseen in your life. He sees the potential in you. And this isn't a health and wealth, big cap teeth smile sermon of, hey, if you just, this is God desperately going, oh, if you would just Give me this part of your life. I have got this stuff in the garage that is going to blow your mind. Listen to what it says in verse 8. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ineffective and unproductive. Look at that juxtaposition. You don't have to turn to verse 4 on the wall, but ineffective and unproductive, or do you want to participate in the divine nature? See how how he wants you to participate in the divine nature, and if if, if you have those qualities, you're not, see see the two capstones to that? It's these qualities. It's these things that God wants to just have going in your life. That is the restoration process, that list. I, 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 there was this, I was trying to, I wrote myself some notes in the, in the, in the thing, and I tried to shorten them so I could preach them, but I could never preach them as good as I just wrote them. So I want to read this to you. It's not even written that well, but I get sidetracked. So I, I wrote this down. As we grow in him, he puts us on mountain roads, on highways where we're going so fast, we think we're going to have a heart attack. Roads we didn't even know existed before. We'll be put in situations we could never do before we were restored. At speeds we could never handle before we, we were restored. Taking corners that it would have sent us over the side. But we don't get the car back. It's his. And the choice is ours. 